I'd like to take uh, our text tonight from Matthew chapter 10, verse 32. Matthew 10, 32. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. As I was uh, reading this verse over and over, it uh, brought back some uh, unpleasant memory when I was in elementary school. When I first came to America, they had start school fifth grade, somewhere around there. And of course, kids, all kids, they always like to pick on the quiet, shy one. I, I don't know why. I never do that. I never go find the quietest kid or the most awkward kid and get, just go pick on him. But, you know, in, in this school I went to, they did. So, um, and I don't know what I did. I don't know what I presented for them to just, you know, attract them to me, to just uh, to pick on me. I mean, even one time, one of them, he's a big, tall kid, fifth grade. I don't know how tall. Well, some of these kids here, um, you know, like Alex, he's almost six foot tall. He's only 12 years old. But, uh he just picked me up and just like tried to choke me and he said, you know, I didn't know what to do. I was just a weakling, 85 pound kid, just got to America, starting to eat, you know, but, um, and, uh, I was so thankful that somebody came and defended me and helped me out. It was a great feeling for that when somebody came and defended me and helped me. And, and that's what I appreciate most. And here it says, uh, in this verse, Jesus said, you know, anybody who confess uh, before men, and I will confess uh, to my Father, which is in heaven. So if you stand up for me, I, you know, I will stand up for you. And uh, in this verse, I always also think to the account of um, uh, Daniel. So tonight, you know, before I go into the account of Daniel there, uh, I'm going to talk about three things. Stand up for Jesus. Um, and uh, stand up to Satan and stand on his promises. So, you know, standing up for Jesus. And we all know the account of uh, Daniel. At first, you know, I studied that over and over and read. You know, the, the first trial that came to Daniel was uh, when, of course, they were in captivity. And just like I was from a different country into a new country, different surrounding. Uh, they came and, of course, Nebuchadnezzar told his people to choose the best of the best from uh, the, the Jew, the Israelite, that are being held captive. So they can uh, teach them and learn them and they can learn from them uh, the way uh, of the Jewish people and also to benefit their kingdom. So, again, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was chosen to be part of the king's court. And, you know, one day, the, one night, the king had a dream, and he couldn't figure out that dream, so he called all his wise men, his magician, his astrologer, and they couldn't figure it out. So, you know, he was so frustrated, he made a decree to say, you know what, go kill all these astrologer, magician, wise men. And so he told his guard captain to go gather all these people so he, they can just be um, executed. And when it comes to Daniel, and Daniel said, hey, hold up, give me a chance first. And he told, go tell the king that uh, I'll go interpret his dream for him because uh, my God is the true God. And that's what uh, happened. So when he came to Nebuchadnezzar, explained the dream to him, and 
And uh, of course, when he did that, he said, hey, don't kill any of these people. So he stood up for even though uh, these other people, he did not know, uh, you know, who were his enemy and, you know, all these other astrologers and magicians who serving false god. He, uh, he saved their lives. And again, as you read through the account, I don't think they ever bother him again. It was other people that came into um, the picture that tried to, again, uh, put him down. And, uh, Again, the account of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, why they were thrown into the furnace, because, again, they lived their life, uh, stayed tr strong to who they were. They would not bow down to the statue of the king. And again, when Daniel, when, uh, again, the king put a uh, made a decree and said, hey, if, uh, uh, again, people around him tried to plot because of jealousy and because he was favor above all else, uh, they created a decree just to trick the king, said, you know, nobody can pray or make any request to anybody, to any God except for you for 30 days. And again, Daniel, do what is true, do what is called to do, do what is right, and always serving and praying to his God. And, you know, they got him on that. Again, he was thrown into the lion's den. And, you know, tonight, you know, standing up for Jesus, we don't have... You know, if you stand up for Jesus, he will stand up for you. And a lot of time, we don't have to climb up to the highest mountaintop and shout out, you know, Jesus love you, you need to follow Jesus and stuff like that. But we can stand up for Jesus by the little things that we do day to day that uh, that God call us to do. I mean, one of the things that, again, that God call us to do as a Christian is to live, uh, follow Jesus' example and live a holy life. And like we heard this morning, live a life devoted to God, completely to God in everything you do and everything you say and what he commands us to do. Not just part of it, not just what we want to obey, not what we just want to hear, but everything that God teach us and command us to do. And by serving one another in love. And not in gruntleness, you know, a lot of time, those who have children, when you ask your children to do something, yeah, some of them will lovingly do it and willing obedient, and some of them just do it and just stomp their feet and to go do it. But we want to do it with a, a loving and a willing heart because God sees that, he, he would appreciate that, as would parent appreciate children who are willing, obedient to do it with a loving heart. You know, and again, I, I mentioned this many times, uh, we can stand up for the Lord by coming to church regularly. And uh, I can understand, you know, life is busy. And that is one of the, uh, the the trick of the enemy is to make it so busy that we don't have to come, that we don't have to come to church on a regular basis to uh, serve God, to worship God, to praise and fellowship one another. Because that's what's one of the ways he wants to do it, to divide and conquer. He wants you to separate you uh, from the family of God and coming to worship God so you can uh, stay away from God and draw, draw further away from God. And again, we have to present ourselves and share our testimony. And that's what I love about our church. And a lot of time, that's what uh, when I have the opportunity to witness to somebody or to share uh, what our church is like. Uh, one of the main thing I love to share is I said, hey, our evening services, you know, Tuesday, Friday night and uh, Sunday night is uh, 
time where we have to share our testimony, to, to give praise to the Lord, to give glory to God, what God has done for us. I think that's one of the, the, the greatest thing, a tradition that we have in our church because we have to share. It encourages other, and I'm sure it is a blessing and a sweet aroma to God when he hears our testimony. And uh, again, we stand up to Jesus by the action we take. Every little action. You know, Paul wrote in Ephesians 4.1, he said that, Ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in bond of peace. That's why we come together. Say so every action we take uh, matters. You know, of course, for those in school or when you're younger, you heard this. Uh, Newton's third laws state that for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. You know, there there's a lot of, uh, if you live, when you live life, uh, it doesn't matter what age you're at in school, work, or older or retire. There's a lot of action that's taken against us to try to make us fall, to try to make us uh, give up our faith or throw us a curveball and make us step aside. But you know what I say? For all the action or these kind of action that's taken against us, we should re not so much react because, you know, uh, my wife told me the other day she read something. You know, when you react, it's an emotional response, right? Sometimes when you react something, it just, uh, it's based on emotion. But instead of reacting, let's respond. Because respond have a connotation of some thoughts into it. Before you react, you, know, you, you respond. When you respond, you think before you take that action. So it's important. And as a Christian, we should take, again, when something happened to us or somebody done something to us or somebody accused to us, you know, what would Jesus want us to say? How would Jesus want us to respond? How did Jesus respond to that situation? Because all the situation that happened to us, Jesus gone through it. Read through all the gospel from being, you know, spat at, beaten, and accused of. A lot of us go through that on a day-to-day basis. I'm sure it's not, you know, one after another, but, you know, God can only... God will give us what we can handle. And again, it's for us to draw, it's a way for us to rely on him, to be dependent on him. That's why those situations come into our life. It's not for um, anybody else's benefit. It's not for his amusement, but it's for our faith and our strength uh, to become more and more dependent on him. So again, the next time when something happened to you or somebody accused you or somebody trying to say something about you or make you upset, instead of react, respond. Yeah. Do it, because that's what uh, God would like us to do. Because we want to build that uh, unity in spirit and bond of peace with another. And uh, it might be tougher in the church when a body of Christ, uh, again. And uh, the um, Colossians one ten, closing on that, uh, stand up for Jesus, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all, unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. That's why we go through certain situation. It's a, because a, so we can produce fruit that is pleasing to the Lord. Okay, so the next one. Stand up to Satan and he will flee from you. James 4, 7. 
Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. What does it mean to resist? Resist is to withstand the action, to withstand the force or the effect of it. So, yeah, again, in the account, uh, the resist, everybody understand or knew this. When uh, Jesus, after fasting for 40 days, 40 nights, was taken to the wilderness and uh, the devil tried to uh, tempt him. Again, uh, first he tempted with uh, the lust of the flesh and then the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. The, the first one, you know, when Jesus, after 40 days of fasting, and um, he said, as you all know, you know, turn these stone into bread. And God said, you know, and uh, Jesus said, well, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but every word of God. He's going to do the same thing to you when he tempts you or when temptation come into your life. He's going to uh, test uh, your fleshly desire first, what you want, what you need. Uh, because a lot of time our desire, you know, what are some of our desire? Want to be the wealthiest person around or the strongest or the most influential person around? How about your, um, your heartaches and pain and your suffering? And I know some of our, you know, saints, brother and sister here gone through illnesses and sometime for a long time. And, you know, of course we want to be healed right away at that moment. But God has a plan. God know what he's doing. And again, we're not live by just our wants and desire alone, but every word of God that he has for us. Again, the, the second temptation was uh, the lust of the eye, success and powers. Who here doesn't want that? But at what cost? How much success do you want? At a, a cost of family, of friendship, of your faith? Do you want success so much that you don't have time to come to church anymore? And the only time that you come is Sunday morning because that is the only time that you can give to God? Is that the success you want? Because you will probably get it, but at what cost? Do you realize that you will not spend eternity with uh, God if that is your desire and that is your main goal? No. Because uh, many of us, many people in this world have fallen into that trap and blind by it. The success of this world, the lust of this world. But you know what? When, uh, when the devil asked Jesus that, say, hey, everything here you see, I give it to you. And he's going to ask the same thing. Whatever you see, whatever you want, I'll give it to you. But you know what Jesus said? He says, uh, get thee behind me, Satan. It is written that thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him alone thou shalt serve. Would you be able to say that tonight if that temptation or if that desire that uh, uh, come in your life, would you be able to tell them, you know, I don't want that. I only want to serve God because God is everything to me. And so the last one, the pride of life, he's going to test you uh, uh, on your faith also as he uh, did Jesus. You know, he said, hey, why don't you test God? Back to sickness and illness, you know, why can't God kill me right away? And Jesus said, you know, he said, thou shall not tempt the Lord thy God. He's going to test your faith. He's going to tell you, you know what, if God really care, he'll give that to you. If God really loves you, he'll, he will heal you this instant. 
Oh, we don't know the mind, the, uh, the, the higher ways of God. Only God knows that. And He does everything for our benefit. Just like as parents, the only th- way I can relate to as parents, uh, when for my kids, I try to train them, protect them the way that they don't see or the best way that I can for their benefit, not for my benefit. You know, I, I don't tell them to clean their room for my benefit. It's their room that they're sleeping in. It's not for me. So again, same way, when God does something or answer our prayer a certain time, certain way, certain time, it's for your benefit, not for His benefit, because He loves us that much for that. You know, uh, I heard this a long time ago when I was in college. It says life is 10% what happened to you and 90% how you react to it. Life's going to happen. Many things going to happen as you live your life. But the enemy's always going to try to throw some kind of dart, some, t- some kind of ball, curveball at you and try to hurt you and make you fail. But how are you going to react to it? Are you going to rely on God or are you going to try to rely on self or the things of this world? Now, the last one, standing on the promise, stand on his promises and he will bless you. Second Peter 1 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partake of the, of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You know, standing on his promises is having the complete assurance that God will fulfill them. And you have to live by those promises. You can't say, you know, yeah, well, I believe in those promises, but not live by them. Because uh, those promises are given for a purpose. Here's one of my favorite promises. I got a few lists, um, if time allow. Um, one of the first time when I preached was... Uh, uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, 11, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, said the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. What that is, what is that expected end? Look, me as an example, everybody has their own story. Can you imagine? I would never imagine in a million years the, the plan that the Lord has for me. A little kid in Cambodia, don't remember how long I live at the house when we were in Cambodia. I remember a few memories, what we're doing. All I remember was a lot. One time, one day, my parents pack up what they could carry on their back and left. And for many years, we were running, living and surviving in the jungle, uh, eating whatever we can find, even crickets. And I tried to tell, tell my children that when they were complaining about, you know, a sandwich with tomato on it. And they always said, well, that's you, Dad. It's not us. We have to, we, we don't need to eat tomatoes. You can eat crickets all you want. But, but, but beside the point that I, you know, through all that, coming, going through all that, and then, you know, escaping just famine, just adversity, being shot at, and just being hunted down, and just starvation, and then somehow end up in you know, Seattle, Washington, live in Tacoma and find you know, housing, a place to stay, and somebody invite us to Sunday school and then able to hear the gospel. I mean, don't tell me that God doesn't have a plan for you or for me. He had a plan for me. Somebody from all the way at the other end of the world and now standing here giving, sharing the gospel, sharing God's word with you. 
I mean, that is a great plan. That is a great plan for me. But he has a great plan for all of you also, each, and one, each one of you, if you're willing to obey and stand on the promises that he gives you. But you know what? If you're not willing to obey and stuff like that, there's other paths too. But it's not going to be a good one. There will be never peace in those paths beside uh, the, the path that God has led us, direct us to. Here's a, another one, another promise. Philippians 4.19, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Jesus provided all my needs. Not all my wants, but all my needs. Has he provided all your needs tonight? I believe he does. If you trust him, if you choose to follow him, he will provide all your needs. Not all your wants, but all your need. What is need according to his will. Romans 8.28 And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. We are called, we are all called according to his purpose. And that is to be saved. Yeah. And to be sanctified and to be baptized. We just need to see revival. We need to have that stirring. We need to have that hunger. We have to be devoted to him and only to him. Because again, the enemy of your soul will always try to uh, make you change your track. Give you a sidetrack to somewhere else. I'll do a couple more here. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be, be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. I love this. I mean, I have to remind myself. There are times that we are, we get weary. We get worn down. We get beaten up. But they that wait upon the Lord, He shall renew my strength. He shall renew your strength. Because that's what He promised to do. And you know, in closing, the, the last promise here and this promise everybody knows is probably the most famous verse of them all. Uh, is uh, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have, er, have everlasting life. Do you have that tonight? Do you believe that his son came and died for you? But you have to accept that gift so you might have everlasting life. So again... You know, tonight, if you stand up for Jesus, he will stand up for you. If you stand up to Satan, he will flee from you because God is our protector. And if you stand on his promises, he will bless you and he will bless you abundantly. So tonight, again, do you have Jesus in your life? Have you trust him completely? Devote your life to him completely. If not, there's another chance to come and pray and give your life to Jesus Christ. And the song of invitation is 504.